Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Pasquale De Vita, Pasquale De Vita to win the grand final for Gold Coast Knights. It's two goals to nil. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. Yeah, wars have been start up unless. Ball in and another free kick goal doubles Olympics advantage. And it is Kazan Muller once again in that wonderful left foot. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to the NPL Sunshine on the Brisbane Football Review. It's got actually, as usual, Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, a, a, a warmer week end, and we're supposedly in June. So, but uh, the, it's uh, football. The football certainly um, hot, as far as um, some some obviously some results as far as uh, looking ahead towards the pointy end of the season. It is the weather's not quite as cold as it normally is, and I'll certainly take that. I'm not a big fan of the cold weather, so the warm weather was certainly a benefit. Speaking of warm weather, it was a very warm game played up it in Kansas afternoon in Round 7 of the Australia Cup. We'll get to that later on in the show, as well as the semi-final one in the Kappa Women's Super Cup. We'll start with league action, as always. Adam told FQPL, that'll be at the back end of the show, as always. We'll start with MPL men's action from Round number 15. Adam, we'll start actually on Sunday night with the game, which we covered on our social media platforms between Olympic and Brisbane City up at Samford Parklands in your neck of the woods with a one-all draw between the two sides. Matt Thurtell gave Brisbane City the early lead. Zach Keeper got a goal back very late for Olympic, and it's a goal they probably deserve, but a result which does neither side any any favours in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but that's uh, probably that's probably the summary of that. Is that uh, yeah, that result probably doesn't help uh, either side as far as their current objectives. Uh, Brisbane City, they, they probably need the wind to keep the pressure on lines as far as that top that top four spot, uh, but also as well conversely, uh, Olymp- uh, Olympic only getting a draw. But it's it's a uh, it's it's back to back it's back to back unbeaten, which is I guess that's a positive uh, sign. But the problem is, is that it's really starting to get away from as far as survival goes, and they're and uh, they're still eight points outside of the. Uh, of the relegation zone with seven to play. Absolutely. They have made a couple of signings during this window so far uh, on the field tonight, notably Pasquale DeVita. He's going to, if they are going to get out of this relegation scrap, he's going to play a big part in it, isn't he? Absolutely. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a known sort of commodity as far as, you know, he, he pretty much uh, won the grand grand final for Gold Coast Knights uh, in what was probably one of the, the best uh, individual performances in the grand final we've seen in a long time Uh and uh, yeah, look, he, he hasn't he hasn't had a very memorable season. Probably in the end, I think maybe was surplus the requirements for Gold Coast Knights uh, this season. But he gets a second chance for Olympic, and if he can if he can catch a light and he can play the stand that we know can, he'll give Olympic every chance to uh, to survive. But they're starting from a long way back, and uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the numbers. It's it's uh, it's starting to pile up as far as. What's going to take to survive, especially it's out of their hands virtually at the moment. It is out of their hands at the moment, and you're right, Pasquale Devito. Be very nice to be able to disc- to have a player of his quality surplus to requirements. That is the riches that Gold Coast Knights do have. We'll talk more about the transfer window on the show next week once it is completed, because it's still currently in action. But what do you make of the of Olympic the way they play? It seemed like again they're getting into those areas, but it's just not quite falling for them in that front third. They they did deserve the goal they got, but. It just seems like it's not quite falling for them in the front third. Yeah, it's just uh, I think obviously as well, uh, you know, you'd be bringing in a player like Devito. It's going it's going to take time for combinations. There's also a number of other signings in, in key positions as well. Zach Kipol sort of you know, is finding his form again, a a, a timely goal, but he his output as far as you know, goals has not been nearly anywhere near his previous two seasons. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I just think it might be. There are signs there, and I think again the most important thing is that they're not they're not losing games that they 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 are you know eking out a draw here and there, but at the moment draw probably is not good enough. But yeah, like I said, it's it's going to take time, but uh, that 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 gelling process it needs to happen a lot quicker than what's required. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it, it could be uh, curtains for uh, Olympics uh, MPL uh, status. Just three goals for the season for Zach Kipel are very much down compared to what he's produced the last couple of years, to your point. But 
back to back back to back games like Philip, that's a positive for them. What what about for Brisbane City from your perspective? It's a second game row we've seen them play and it just it just didn't quite have work for them tonight either. Yeah, and I think that I think that a lot of that has to do with um, sort of desperation defence uh, by by Olympic. They made they made a couple of changes. The goal they scored was a very very nice piece of play where pretty much uh, uh, Matt Thurtell basically tapped in at the at the uh, far post up from across. So that, but they could just couldn't they just couldn't find that that second goal to sort of you know to give them in comfort. And, and you always knew that. Uh, that it was almost inevitable that Olympic at some point were going to, you know, really come close or get that equaliser. And uh, yeah, I think at the moment, City are a very, very good, solid team. They just lack that cutting edge as far as uh, being you know, what would probably put them in the top four. I think again, I think this will probably hurt them more as far as their as their you know, finals hopes go, more so than what what sort of you know, Olympics tr- troubles are, you know. Are known very very bad, but but yeah, I think City also as well. So they'll feel like they this is two points that really got away from them. They probably will. And speaking of speaking of teams who might feel two points got away from them, we'll continue on the action on Sunday evening out at Underwood Park between Rosedale Rovers and the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. And Sunshine Coast Adam took the lead twice in this game. Matt Nesville and Marcus Worthington on the score sheet for the Wanderers. Harry Talbot and then. A late goal for me to Josh Mullen or an own goal inconclusive on the on the vision for for the um, equaliser for Rochdale. A point each, a pretty good point on the road for the Wanderers who continue their unbeaten run under Kevin Hearn Evans. But for Rochdale, again, they're a team pushing for, for top four potentially, and this would be at home probably a case of two points dropped, although a very nice rescue act to get the equaliser in the 95th minute. Yeah, Rochdale, it's an interesting one because you'd like to think that they are disappointed. Um, that they that they drop points at home, but considering that we're in the position they're in at the moment, so as far as where they're at, like they they were on on the live ladder for a long time. They were they were fifth, and uh, with striking just the finals two months ago, you wouldn't have thought that they would be they'd be in that in a position that probably that Sunshine Coast wanted to find themselves at the moment. And, you know, sort of just above the relegation zone. So I think it's um it's a very probably a nice feeling that they, they feel like that they dropped two points for some trying coast wanderers at the moment uh points on the road are just it, i just it's just it's just it, it's valuable uh because as we we know historically they their travels have not been very very fruitful other than they seem to have a great record at Goodwin Park for some reason but other than that um yeah, they don't haven't traveled well so every point they get as well and especially with Olympic who's the team behind them is is a point more that they basically that they're one point closer to safety and probably you know um, push Olympic down you know pretty much into uh, the inevitability of relegation. They do have plenty of home games to come at the back end of the season Sunshine Coast to push further up and by the way that goal for Rosal was officially accredited as an own goal so that was just to clear that up for people listening to the show we'll move on to so we'll go right back now to Friday night, Adam, for the first game of the round between Lions FC and the Brisbane Royal Academy out at Luxury Paint Stadium. A 3-1 win for Lions goals from Matt Rydenton, Joe Duckworth and Andy Pengelly in that game. Fernando Nash did open the scoring for the Raw in this, on this occasion. And all, all season long at home, Lions, when they've gone a goal down, have really struggled to find a way back in. It seems like on Friday night they found a, they might have found a way, to, a solution to to solve that problem for themselves. So they came back quite strongly, particularly in the second half. Yeah, Lions' first half performance at home have been a real worry. And, and uh, yeah, they're, they're down 1-0 at half-time. It's good to see Fernando Nash uh, on the score sheet. Uh, he sort of uh, he looks like he's starting to find his confidence again uh, as, he, as he did the back end of last season where he was uh, almost free-scoring. Free and he looked like pretty much the only um, offensive of weapon they had for, for the young rule last year. So, uh, and they've got a couple more this year. Obviously, uh, you know, young Thomas Waddingham, obviously leading the line and, and the goal scoring charts there for the young raw. But, uh, but yeah, a, a good type performance for the raw to be one nil up at half time. But it looks like Lions, uh, something has clicked in the second half and perhaps the, the whip from uh, Darren Syme. And, uh, and they, and I think they sort of, they, they, they were able to sort of to solve, solve the issue and uh, get, Get the um get the three points at home, which is their final home game for for a while. So again, very very important that they sign off uh, 
off with with a win, and uh, it looks like at the moment that they've they've opened up a nice little buffer on uh, the the chasing pack as far as fourth spot. So they'll they'll really take off the pressure because I, I dare say that you know a couple of weeks ago you'd almost be worried that this is a game where the, the Lions may drop points. So the fact is, I think that they gained confidence. They played, as you saw last week, when we, we were there, that they played very, very well in the Classico to beat, beat a very, very good City team. And uh, while they yeah, they, while they seem to not have it go their way the first half uh, on Friday night, that second half is probably one of the better halves of football this season for them. It is certainly the last couple of weeks, the Lions seem like they've stepped it up a gear, haven't they, in terms of the way they've been playing on the field. And we've seen in the past... Even if they do end up finishing in fourth place, we've seen them go on and do the business at the business end of the season from that position on the ladder. And just quickly, you mentioned Lions now have a long road trip. They are not back at Luxury Paint Stadium until August the 26th. That's the final game of the regular season at home to Morton Bay. So they have plenty of trips on the road between now and then with Luxury Paint Stadium due to be a World Cup training site. So that's very exciting for them out there at Richlands. We'll move on to the games on Saturday afternoon. Adam, will start with... Eastern Suburbs and Morton Bay, a 4-1 win for Morton Bay at Heath Park over East. Goals from Declan Smith, Jeremy Stewart, Marquez Walters and Jordan Farina. Emmy Martin is on the score sheet for East, but Declan Smith, Jeremy Stewart, Marquez Walters, Jordan Farina, that's the whole attack for Morton Bay on the score sheet. I imagine Cam will be really happy with that. Uh, yeah, Declan, Declan Smith doesn't score too I'm many goals. I'm counting him as an attacker. He used to be, used to be a great striker. Yes, that is correct. But uh, yeah, he don't, you don't get too many goals out of him these days, being being the um, being the anchor at the back for Morton Bay. But certainly, yeah, Jeremy Stewart keeps on scoring goals. Marquez Walters seems to be scoring a goal a game again, which is good. And uh, yeah, Jordan Farina as well. That's uh, back-to-back goals. Uh, goals for him. So, look, I think uh, I think the most uh, pleasing aspect for Cam Miller, I'd say, is that these these are the games that they are expected to win, and that they've done it, and done it in style. And it looks like that, you know, unfortunately, for, we, we talk about Olympic, you know, and, and their struggles, ditto, as far as Eastern Suburbs, and at the moment, I don't even think they're playing well enough to even... Um, to really sort of even you know, launch a uh, some sort of a uh, fight back to, to even try and get back into the uh, into the race. So yeah, I've got I've got a feeling there the East of Suburbs' fate may be all but sealed, unfortunately, which is that uh, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, look, someone has to go down. They do. It's a really really competitive season. It's interesting because when we were last at Heath Park about a month or so ago, that first half against Olympic, they were really really good in that game, but they got run down. In the second half, maybe the confidence of that that has just sort of sh- broken their confidence a little bit. We'll see if they can turn it around in the last seven weeks of the season. The final game of that, because there were only five games played this weekend due to Gold Coast Knights and Redlands being postponed. We'll get to Gold Coast Knights shortly, but it looks the final game of the MPL round was down at Copley Family Sports Park between Gold Coast United and Peninsula Power. Adam, and it was a two-all draw between the two sides. Riley Thompson King put Gold Coast United ahead twice in this game with Brenton Fox and New Sailing Jack Hindle on the score sheet for Peninsula Power. That's a pretty good result away from home for a power side, which is trying to climb up the table. But for Gold Coast United, it's an opportunity missed in terms of they could have gone back to the top of the NPL table with a win. They now they now remain behind their Crosstown rivals, the Knights, and it's a bit of a missed opportunity for them. Yeah, big missed opportunity for uh, Gold Coast United. But then again, uh, this is a Peninsula Power team that is a lot better than what they were probably the first time around. They, they certainly found found that sort of that that you know, resoluteness under uh, Aaron Philp. And uh, look, I think they'll be happy with a point on the road. They, they haven't got the best record down at Complex anyway, um, Peninsula Power. So even if it was a loss and they'll heading that way, I, I don't think it's too much away from the pattern. So the fact that they were able to fight back and um, a new new signing in, uh, in uh, Englishman uh, Jack Hindle, and I said Hindle, not Hingert. Uh, <laughs> Don't start uh, any rumours. No, no, no. Jack, Jack Hindle. Uh, and, and yeah, look, he, he, he came on part one of a number of signings for Peninsula Power. Uh, they, they've been very, very busy in the in the transfer window this uh, this week. And, uh, and, yeah, look, I think that's a good point for them. And, look, I think uh, they're obviously moving their way out of the uh, – out of the relegation sort of danger, where, where they can sort of make up the ground as far as Fallings football goes. I think they're going to need a lot to go their way 
in, in terms of their own performances and results, as well as a few of the others above them to start falling off as well. So, but I look, I think at the end of the day, they've got they've also got Australia Cup uh, campaign to worry about. So, I think the the main thing is at the moment that you know that they're ten points clear of relegation. That should be enough to uh, to see them safe for another season. You would think so. A very resilient performance, to your point, from Peninsula Power on the week. I'll go to the table now quickly. After round 15 of the NPL men's competition, Gold Coast United 2 have now have a game in hand to top of the table on 31 points ahead of Gold Coast United 30, Morton Bay 27, Gold Lions FC ran out the top four on 26, then it's Brisbane City 22, Rochdale 22, Brisbane Roar Academy 20, Peninsula Power 19, Redlands 18, Sunshine Coast 16, Olympic 9, and Eastern Suburbs on Eight, and given it is the final weekend of the month, the MPL men's golden boot standings at this stage are Andy Pengelly and Marcus Walters tied on 12 with Marek Madley in third on nine. That is the, the table in the NPL men's competition. But there is one, there were one was one team we didn't speak about there in our wrap-up, Adam, and that was Gold Coast Knights. They were in action this weekend up in Cairns at, at Tiger Park in round seven of the Australia Cup against Edge Hill United. A 2-0 win for Gold Coast Knights. They're through to the round of 32 of the Australia Cup for the third time for them. Goals from Luke Beckwith and Ante Poliak from the penalty spot in the second half. Got the job done on a warm and humid wintry afternoon up there in Cairns. Yes, it is warm and humid in winter in Cairns. It would be wonderful. We don't have that down here, but a good result for Gold Coast away from home. They they did the job they needed to do in, in the end. That's the best way to sum it up. 28 degrees and 57% humidity at kickoff at Tiger Park. Um, Sounds wonderful. Sign me up. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, there, there's, no, there's no such word as winter in far north Queensland. And, uh, look, I think that actually that those conditions might have actually sort of played a part in what was sort of a very slow and un wasn't a it was an unknights like performance in the first half where and look I've got to give got to give credit to um Edge Hill as well. They they obviously relished conditions. They really sort of, you know, you know, had they sort of pushed hard and they sort of did uh did trouble uh Josh Langdon the defence from from time to time that first half, but obviously they couldn't they just couldn't find a way through and I think it was inevitable in the second half once once night started to really sort of get going. A nice uh, header at the far post for Luke Beckwith uh to um to open the scoring and then um yeah Ante Poliak from the penalty spot uh, sealed it and sealed a Gold Coast Knights ticket to the uh, round of three two but uh overall a commendable performance by Edge Hill. Uh but they look uh, Gold Coast Knights at the moment they're the number one seed I guess in yeah, uh, in NPL in Queensland at the moment, and they uh, they rightfully almost take their place in uh, in the round of 32. Absolutely, the NPL Queensland League leaders and defending champions are through to the Australia Cup round of 32. They'll find out who they play this week as the national round of 32 is drawn. So they will find out who they play as well as Morton Bay, Peninsula Power, Lions, and the Brisbane Roar. They are the five teams from Queensland in the Australia Cup. We wish them all, all five of those teams, all the best. Hopefully. We can get a couple of teams going deep into the tournament, just like we did last year, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, look, it, it, open draw. Look, we'll see what happens. I'm, I for one hope that we have five, um, five home games in Queensland in the round thirty two. That that'll be a nice start. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll find out Wednesday night, seven p.m. on uh, ten on ten play. I do believe you will see be able to see the draw. It'll and be available we'll all over the place. We'll, we'll cover as well on our socials. We will have that for you next week on the show. We'll move on to round 19 now of the NPL women's competition where there were only four games played this week. Lions and Mitchell did play, but it was a cup tie. We'll get to that in a moment. Firstly, the league action animal start on Friday night between Eastern Suburbs and Olympic at Heath Park. It was a 2-1 win for East in this game. Sophie Pearson and Maya Bruckner on the score sheet in, in pretty quick succession there at Heath Park. Alyssa Cox got a goal back for Olympic. A good performance from Olympic. Again, they're hanging around in games. They're just not able to pick up points, and that's that's the problem for them, unfortunately, this season. They're a lot stronger now under the new coach. It's just not quite translating into points at this point. Yeah, it's almost... It's, unfortunately, it's almost a uh, mirror image of... With the with the men is that yeah they they are they are competitive they're not it's certainly not going to go down in history as the worst uh, 
you know, bottom place team in MPL women's uh, history. They, they, they are competitive, but again, a, a very competitive competition. And they're just, they're just lacking in some areas. And uh, yeah, opportunities aren't coming from whereas East, on the other hand, uh, looked as a, as a good win for them. They keep the pressure on uh, Lions just in case they, they slip. But uh, I think for them as well, that home field advantage uh, in the semifinals is probably what, what they are uh, looking at. Because I think... Uh, they, they get through, I, I honestly think that, as, as I say with all final series and grand finals, it's a brand new season and it comes down to what happens on the day. So I think a second place for them, if, if uh, Lions don't slip, which we don't expect them to do, um, I think that, that'll be an excellent result for this uh, Eastern Suburb side. Having a great season out of that. The closest challenges to to East for that second spot is Peninsula Power. They were at... At Wakeley Park on the plastic pitch to play against the QAS on Saturday evening. It was a 2 1 win for Peninsula Power in this game. Jemima Head and Sarah Diapolonia did get the did get the goals for Peninsula Power. Grace Kalumu did put the QAS in front with a very nice finish. And again, the full strength QAS side is very, very competitive, as we keep saying. And the fact they did compete so strongly with this really high powered Peninsula Power team is another great example of it. They, they sneakily are a very, very good team, this QAS team. I, I, I could have said it better myself that, Joe, they, they, the scoreline doesn't sort of reflect. And the way that Peninsula Power won was a very, very professional way they won. But look, props to QAS. They really sort of, as you said, when they're at full strength and they've got all their, they've all got all their, uh, their, uh, in, their junior internationals playing. And uh, Grace Kaluma with a great finish. Um, it, well, it did come from um, another mistake at the back from from potential power, which I know is something that's probably not going to please uh, Coach McGallow too much. But uh, look, Grace Gloomer had a lot to do to finish it, and it almost looked like she actually almost lost control of it at one point, because because of slickness on that synthetic pitch, but she was able to sort of really sort of in one motion get around Liz Harrington and, and slot it home. Um, but like I said one, one of our, our junior Matildas a captain of the junior Matildas, actually. So um, it's, it's great to see a lot, a lot of um, a lot of our young players and the young female players in the QAS side really sort of playing well at the moment at senior level. So, but um, yeah, look, I also have to speak about um, about potential powers. Second goal, a, a brilliant piece of play between uh, Bonnie Davies, who actually was uh, she actually this on this certain play, she came very very deep. Um, and then found the pass to Lane McDougall, then put through Sarah Diapolonia. And that, that was, it was just a beautiful, incisive bit of football. And um, they, 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 they certainly earned their win, potential power, as they, as they sit in third. But, um, yeah, look, I can't stop raving about, about how well QIS played. And I think, um, yeah, again, performance, the performance for them is just as strong as the result. And um, there's certainly, uh, yeah, I wouldn't... Um, I certainly would not uh, write them off as far as they're giving giving a lot of these sides um, a, a trouble in the run home. Very good side, you know, no doubt about that. And again, there's some really good young talent there. And if they could have had that team on the park every single week, it might be a different story in terms of their league position. As it is, it's a very, very good young side, and they gave power a very good run on the on the weekend. We'll move on to the to games play to the other game play on Saturday night. I beg your pardon. Gold Coast United five, Capella Bar one, a hat trick for Bronte Rose, Astrid Neckbrook, and Mo. Momo Hayashi on the score sheet for Gold Coast. Flo McIntyre to get a goal back for Kapalabar. This was a game which for Gold Coast, they just needed to win and they did it pretty comfortably. And it was good to see Bronte Rhodes get a hat-trick as well. Yeah, back-to-back wins now for Gold Coast United, which I think that, that the, um, it's the the wobbles as far as their their uh, final spot, it seems to be they're, they're charting the right in the right sort of direction again. And, uh, and yeah, the addition of the two Americans, Mary Craven and Alyssa Vasquez certainly gives them a, yeah, it gives them a cutting edge, but um, those are on the score. You're right. Bronte Rose getting, getting a hat trick. I think that's good for her confidence. And Astia Neckerbroke, one of their, one of their young, young up and coming stars also getting another goal. And, um, and Momo getting on the score sheets always, always good as well, because she's, she's the, um, She's the conductor of that side, and uh, when when Momo's playing well for Gold Coast United, Gold Coast United invariably are also playing well. So look, they're they're resurgent. So I I think we probably need to keep an eye on them because now that after that 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 slump of five losses, straight losses, you know we may have been calling them on their demise, but. Um, that's going to be a fascinating battle on the run home between them and Mitchelton. I think, and they've got one game to play against each other, and that that could pretty much decide, in my opinion. 
He may very well end up doing so. We'll have to wait and see. But you throw you out with Momo Hayashi when she was at her absolute best was when Gold Coast were able to to take the premiership in 2020. So if she's getting back to her best, that's great signs for Gold Coast. Now, the final game of the round was played up on the Sunshine Coast between at Bellinger Park between the Wanderers and South China. It was a 4-0 win for the Wanderers in this game. Two goals for Louise Rolf, two for Chelsea Scarf. It was a really comfortable win for the Wanderers who opened the scoring after just 36 seconds. They led early and they just pretty much dominated the whole game, Adam. Yeah, look, uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, another team that seems to be there. They are in uh, absolutely exquisite form at the moment. And um, I think actually the other side of the coin, um, South United, a very, very disappointing loss for them. And uh, yeah, look, between them and Capalabar as well, who did get thumped by Gold Coast United, between them, those two teams, I think they're going to be fighting out, you know, for for that um, that, that playoff spot potentially. But look, if if Olympic can put some wins together, I think both Capalabar and South United, if they don't pick up their accident, should be very very worried that one of them may get automatically relegated to FQPL. So. I wouldn't write Olympic off just yet because I think of those three teams, Olympic are actually probably playing the better of those three teams. As South United, I, look, they're there at the moment. Um, they're almost as bad. They're, they're almost as bad as Magic United and FQPL too. You just do not know what you're going to get with them. And uh, look, at Palabra at the moment, they 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 are struggling badly, and it's they just are. a real shame to see yeah. see uh, their their struggles at the moment. Now, South do have a few points in hand on Olympic and. As mm. as we do look at the table now after round 19 of the MPL Women's Competition. Top of the table and now with a game in hand are Lions FC. They are four points clear of Easts on 45. That's Peninsula Power 41. Gold Coast United with a game in hand on 29. That's the top four. Mitchelton also with a game in hand on 26. Then it's Sunshine Coast 21. South 16. QAS with a game in hand on 14. Capalaba 12 and Olympic on nine. So there is a bit of a gap between Olympic and South to close, but you're right between Olympic and Capalabar, just the three points in it. And Olympic, the way they're playing, are going a bit better than Capalabar, it's fair to say. Yes, uh, I think so. And uh, yeah, I know they they do play again at some point as well. And that's going to be very, very interesting as well. That's going to be almost, you know, must not lose for Capalabar because Olympic at the moment have got superior. goal difference so so yeah that, that's uh yeah that, that's gonna that's gonna be uh, one game to watch i actually think don't think it's too far away as well it's that, on uh, the weekend of august 5th and 6th okay so it's a bit it's a bit of a way until then so there's a bit, a bit of uh bit of water water flying to the bridge there but um yeah like i said i think i wouldn't be riding olympic off just yet but they need to start putting some results together. They've obviously got the players to do it as well. Um, obviously, you, you can't substitute a player with experience and skill of a Holly McQueen in that side uh, for Olympic, That you know, at least defensively, that they'll tighten up. Absolutely. And the top three in the MPL Women's Golden Boot are Tegan Riding on 22, Kelly Pufroy 19, Bonnie Davies 18. And speaking of those top two players on that list, their clubs were in action this weekend in the Kappa Women's Super Cup semi-finals the first semi-final of two and it was at Lions Stadium on Saturday evening it was a 2-1 win for Lions in this game in extra time Adam goals from Amy Gunston in the 84th minute Georgia Gibson leveled it up in the 89th minute and then Megan McGilligan five minutes into extra time gave Lions what would be the winner but that's the short note version of what was a really really good game Mitchelton gave it absolutely everything they had they just couldn't quite get over the line when the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, this is a really, really good game of football. This um, uh, so, uh, so, so glad to actually be at the ground and watch this game because, um, because yeah, look, Mitchelton, they they really get everything. And look, they were no, no, Kelly Proofroy, no Kelly Giddies in that side. I, I don't, I don't know why they didn't play. I know they're both in attendance, so. I, didn't get a chance to obviously catch up or want to annoy um, Tony Skinner after the game because that would have been a very disappointing loss. Because and I'd say disappointing loss because I think they felt that they they had um, Lions measure for for a lot of that, especially in the first half. And had they have gotten an early goal or be able to convert their chances earlier, I think Lions they it was a very very haphazard first hour for them. They really. 
they really sort of, it, it was it very unlike them. I think maybe it's the, I know there was a number of changes. They left a number of their experienced players out. Um, but, but yeah, look, you still think that that aligned sort of quote second string team is still probably better than most, um, but you know, full strength teams in that league. So, um, yeah, but Mitchelton were, Mitchelton sort of, you know, they gave everything. I, I thought, um, Nat, Nat Tatham and Ellen Get, I think, yeah. were absolutely sensational um, for for Mitchell and no, Get. Ellen Get was yeah, a threat constantly on the on the left wing all night, and I think Nat Tatham as well. Easily her best game for um, for Mitchie since uh, returning from from the A League and uh, and playing centre centre back, which uh, which we haven't. I don't think I've ever seen a play in the middle. For generally, if she's playing the I've never bench, seen a play in the middle of the field in person. Yeah, and, every time I've seen a play, it's always left side or right side. Yeah, it's yeah exactly, and um, yeah, and I, I thought she did. Her and Rachel Fraser did an excellent job keeping Teague and riding quite as long as they as they did. So um, yeah, I, I think this this is a very very commendable performance by by Mitchelson. At the end of the day, Lions did get get the job done. Um, obviously, when we can when you can afford to bring a, like a a substitute bench of of uh, Cannon Cloth, Callie Cowles, Amy Gunson, and Meg McGilligan on. All at once in the 75th minute. Um, not many teams are going to hold on. And they, while Amy Gunston did get that go-ahead goal in the 84th minute, um, young Georgia Gibson who came off the bench. And I think that's probably the moment of her young career so far, getting that equaliser. And then even at the in, in the last minute of stoppage time, um, Holly Vinovich's shot, which cannoned off the uh, crossbar and went over, had that, go, had that gone in, if they go to penalty shootout, geez, I don't know what what happens yeah. because um yeah it's uh it's uh, yeah it's but it was a really really good game of football it was a very very enjoyable game last night it was obviously fantastic game you're right the way you sound like Mitchell is absolutely right I mean they're the two players you mentioned um, Natalie Tatham and Ellen Get were absolutely superb their experience that they bring to this side was absolutely outstanding and you do one if they just had one of the two Americans. Up front, mm. that might have been the missing link in terms of being able to get the goal because they had have gone ahead in that game. The way things were going for Lions, it was clearly a bit of a frustrating evening for them. The way the game was going wasn't the way that particularly Rob Askey wanted the game to go. So if they had have gone ahead in the game, it could have been very, very interesting. I will say for Lions in particular, we speak about their attacks so often, we speak about their defence so often, but the two players in the middle of the park, Tara O'Keefe and Tiana Karambasas, they covered absolutely every blade of grass in, in that game. And they were, to me, probably... Two of probably Lions' two best players on the field until the until the subs were made. Oh, absolutely, and uh, both both unheralded players as well. We 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 wax on lyrical every week about how good how good the the Lions' attack is. Everyone knows how good their attack is defensively. They they're very very strong now. But uh, yeah, look, it's always um, Tyro Keith and Tiana Karambasis that are the unsung heroes. But um, but yeah, they 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 had um, great games and. Again, had not been for their interventions during during the first half, where their, their attack didn't seem to be firing very much, um, and and they can see that goal. It may have been a very maybe a tricky situation to uh, get out of. So look, I think that they 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 played very very well. But um, look, it was a good game overall. I think you know I think both teams should be very very proud of performance. Although Lions, I think it'll be a little disappointed. I think their standard, you know, may not have been met in the first sort of hour or so, but. Um, yeah, still none, nonetheless, they, they were able to find a way and champion teams find a way. They do, and they are the back-to-back champions of the Capital Women's Super Cup. They will get the chance to defend their title in September in the final against either MA Olympic or South United. And these two sides will play again next weekend at Travel Park in their Round 19 league fixture, which was postponed from this week. Now after the game, we did catch up with the head coach of Lions, Rob Askew. Let's see where it's after side booked another spot, booked their spot in the 2023 Cap Women's Super Cup final. We'll be back right after this. I was joined the head coach of Lions, Rob Askew. Rob, 2 1 winners here in extra time over Mitchell in the Cup semi final. Your thoughts on that match? It was certainly a very tight match from our point of view. Well, I'm a bit over um, Cup games going 120 minutes. It's, they age me. Um, and uh, But in the end, I thought we got better as the game went on, but it was never, ever safe. Uh, so, yeah, very stressful. It's been a very tough cup campaign. You must have thought you had the game under control with five minutes to go there before they got the equaliser. Well, we yeah, we thought it was done and dusted, but we couldn't see out that last three minutes. Um, you know, with poor clearance ended up, and I think that's, you know, it's not just that clearance. There were multiple issues with us not dealing with the way they they attack us. You know, they just get it in there and 
and then they compete and we get, we get flustered by it and um, I, uh, you know, it was probably it's probably an issue that we've got to, we've got to work on if we're going to beat them next week um, you made four subs at once for about 15 minutes because that was pre-programmed not just the way the game panned out you felt you needed those experienced players all no, no, at the same felt, time we felt we need changes in those areas you know like, Tia's a young player I think she, she goes hard and then she runs out of puff and um, you know Beck, uh, Meg and Amy have been sick this week they missed training all week because they got a little bit of a flu or cold or some sort of bug they didn't have that much in them. We were hoping to get it done in 90 minutes, but in the end, they both ran out the, the extra 30 quite well. I thought they made a difference. Felt um, Callie made a difference too, just to, you know, she's a very measured passer of the ball and she, she does like to, um, you know, she's very composed and I think we, we just need to settle things there. And, and for that 15 minutes after that, we were. I thought we were in control and it's just a shame that we conceded in that last five minutes. I always like about your attack and your defence. Like quite often neglected midfield, Tiana Karambas and Tyra O'Keefe are absolutely everywhere tonight, weren't they? The effort they put in to covering every patch of grass on the pitch. They're not neglected from, by me. The, no, the, by me, not, yeah, not by you. Yeah, people don't... Poor old sixes, they don't get enough recognition. They, they, Their job is to just, you know, screen that back four, disrupt the midfield give, and, and keep the ball ticking over. Especially in that middle third when we win it, we want to switch it out and they need to have that capacity to, to do that. And yeah, it, it's, it's graft, it's unnoticed, it's hard work, but it's, it's so vitally important to being successful. Through to a Thursday Cup final, but now attention switches back to the league where you play Mitchell again. Your thoughts on playing the same team back to back weeks have always been a tough side for you, as you just said. I think it's probably going to work out well for us. You know, um, I, I, I don't. We don't think they're a bogey side. I don't think they're a bogey side, and I don't think anyone does. We, we struggle with against them sometimes, but you know, I think a good performance is coming from us, and I think maybe the fact that we, we struggled so much tonight is probably going to put us on alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think we'll have to deal with the 10-1 formation, yes. from what I hear. Some early tactical information you can plan for that tonight. Congratulations, Robin. Good luck next week against Richard once again. Cheers, mate. Thanks. <laughs> And thank you to Rob Askew for talking to us at Sat on Saturday night out there at Luxury Paints Stadium. Adam, that was the wrap-up of the MPL men's and women's for this weekend. So we'll now move on to FQPL action over the weekend, starting with round 15 of the FQPL men's competition. We'll go into a bit of detail on, on the Friday night game, given we did cover it on our social media platforms. That was a 2-1 win for Logan over the Brisbane Strikers. Kelby Phillips did give the Strikers the lead early on before goals from New signing Mason Cross and James Kumenau gave Logan what is a very, very important win for them to to really shore up that second spot and perhaps close in on surface at the top. This is a very good game of football on Friday night, I, I must say. Uh, uh, both teams are, uh, are at the top end of the of the uh, FQPL one scenes. Both teams have given themselves every chance in, in building building squads as far as you know potentially an MPL uh, tilt next season. Uh, Bristol Strikers especially were very, 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 very uh, busy in the in the uh, transfer window, bringing in John Cole, Solozno and uh, Daniel De Silva amongst others. And um, and yeah, look, and they 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 sort of really they got off to a very, very good start. Um, Luke Broderick continues to show his his uh, his I think I I think MVP form in the league at the moment. Uh, he he was able to put the final pass on for Kelby Phillips to score uh, in early in the first half. But uh, Mason Cross, who moved up another player that moved up from Gold Coast United, probably chasing um, solid minutes. He he pretty much made himself. Uh, very, very, very well regarded amongst Logan Lightning fans, uh, scoring a nice free kick just for half time. And then uh, James Kumnau, a player who doesn't generally score too many goals, um, being by by trade a left back, uh, got got the winner. No, no, he was very, very happy. So happy that he uh, messaged us. He did, and he was very, very happy with his goal. And he should be because it was a fantastic goal yeah. from James Kumnau. A very, very important goal as well for Logan in the context of those seasons. As I said earlier, it was second versus fourth going into the weekend. So that's a really, really important three points for Logan Light. And the other results from round 15 of the FQPL1 men's competition, Southwest Queensland Thunder 6, Caboolture 0, Wynnum Wolves 2, Surface Paradise Apollo 2, Southside Eagles 1, Albany Creek 1, Western Pride 4, Capalabar 3, Sunshine Coast Fire 3, Mitchelton 0. There's plenty you can go on there, Adam. So just which of those five results, what's the, the one most interesting for you this week? And one, please. 
Not not three, <laughs> one. Um, look, I, I'm go. I'm, I'm going to stick at the top end of the table because I know you probably have a lot to say on the other end end of the table. But uh, yeah, Wynnum Wolves a very very important um, rescue mission. There keeps them keeps them in the not only the obviously their finals football they're, they're certainly in third place and with striking distance, but the premiership and promotion. I think that's a very valuable point. A, a winner. A, I should say, we're an equaliser in the uh, 87th minute to deny um, Surface Paradise full, full three points. And uh, that, that makes it pretty much a three-way race between uh, Surface Paradise uh, uh, Wolves and uh, Logan Lightning for, the, for those two spots and the Premiership. So I think it's a very, very interesting race in FQP. At the other end of the table, it's also a bit of a race at the moment. But one team who may just be moving away from that race is the Southwest Queensland Thunder. 6-0 winners over Caboolture. It's probably fair to say that's the sort of form we expected to see from them more often than not this year. If they are now finding form, they could be a very dangerous team through the back end of the season. They're probably not going to change for a final spot from here. You wouldn't have thought, but they can certainly take points away from teams who may end up fighting it out for a spot in the finals. We'll go through the table now in FQPL1. And to your point, it is very, very tight at the top. Surface Paradise sit top of the table on 33. Ahead of Logan, 32. Wynnum Wolves, 29. Brisbane Strikers ran at the top four on 24. Then it is Albany Creek, 21. Western Pride, 20. Caboolture, 18. Capalabar, 16. Thunder, 15. Sunshine Coast, 15. Southside Eagles, 12. And Mitchelton on 10. As for the Golden Boot, you mentioned the MVP, Luke Broderick. He's on 10 goals. For the season, and he's closely matched by Joel Russell, also with 10, and Teddy Watson on 9. So your shout about Luke Broderick being the MVP of FQPL1, it's probably a very accurate one, Adam. Yeah, look, and uh, look, the two two players that, uh, that yeah, the two young players, Luke Broderick and uh, and Joel Russell, are really sort of showing their, their, their goal-scoring prowess in uh, FQPL1, which is, which is great to see. Absolutely. Round two of, of FQPL2, I beg your pardon, of round 15. Results are as follows. Broadbridge United 2, Ipswich Knights 0, North Star 5, South 0, Sanford 2, Holland Park 1, Grains Thistle 5, Maroochydore 0, Magic 3, St George Willowong 0, and North Lakes 5, Turinga 3. And this was a crazy game. This one, Adam. Turinga 3-0 up, one minute into the second half. All of a sudden, North Lakes somehow hit the accelerator and win the game by five goals to three could be a huge result for them in the context of their season. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It looks like that uh, that might be uh, a a defining win uh, of the season because yeah, they they were dead dead and buried at three uh, nil down, but they've uh, they fought back and um, yeah, five goals. A a uh, a known sort of. Uh, player, as far as we know, past goal scoring prowess and Shuto Kubiyama getting, um, getting a hat-trick in the second half. So it's no surprise there. But um, yeah, I think North Lakes, it, it's very, very important they, that they keep the, the men, obviously they keep their uh, their their FQPL two stays at the moment. They, they did make a change in the um, the coaching with uh, their parting ways of Wayne Heath during the week. So obviously the, the new coach... Uh, bounce back, or at least the the uh, assistants um, at the moment, they're, they're keeping uh, things things alive for them. And they've, um, they're have they starting to make a move up top. That's a big, big performance for them. It's a trick that's worked for plenty of clubs in this competition. And Shirakubiyama just scored a lot of goals for Redlands in 2018 to keep them in the MPL men's competition. Perhaps he can repeat the trick for Northlakes as they try and stay in FQPL to the table is as follows. Broadbeach, top of the table, unbeaten, 15 wins out of 15 on 45 points. They are cruising at the top of the table. They're 11 points clear of George Willowong on 34. Grange Sissel, 29. Holland Park ran at the top four on 24. Then it's Stanford also on 24. Magic, 23. North Star, 18. Turinga, 17. North Lakes up to ninth on 13 points. Ipswich, 12. South United, 11. And Maroochydore ran at the bottom of the table on Six points as for the Golden Boots standings in FQPL2 men. It's very tight at the top of this. Adam, Josh Squires of Magic on 15. Kato Aochi of St. George on 13, tied with Hugh Suzerko of Turinga. So the League of Goals is continuing to deliver with plenty of high, highly prolific goal scorers at the top of the table. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, oh, no one goal scorers. Even the chasing pack for FQPL2 is some really, really 
good good known goal scorers as well. Daniel Fogarty, uh, Obring Pledge, and and Jacob Fulick all as well. And even uh, looking further down, um, Siku Jamunday as well, who all uh, both both Fulick and Jamunday obviously have, have scored plenty of goals in NPL. So yeah, that's that's going to be a fascinating race. But I think as far I think pretty much as far as the the Premiership goes, I think that it's pretty much I think it's game over as far. Uh, I think, yeah, as far as the uh, FQPL2 Premiership, I think Broadbeach, unless they have they fall an almighty hole, um, I think that's that's theirs certainly to lose, uh, thanks to uh, Sir George dropping points against probably the most frustrating tipping team uh, in in all football in Magic United. Uh, they, they pulled out a nice win at home to beat St George Willong, but um, yeah, oh, they they must they must really. Annoyed by punters. If you are gambling, do it yeah, responsibly. responsibly. And and don't involve us in it anyway, and don't message us about it either. We're not interested in in it in any way whatsoever. We'll move on to FQPL on the women's side, starting with FQPL one. The results of the round, if I can find them in front of me, are as follows: Brisbane City three, Virginia United nil, Broadbeach one, Morton Bay United one, Southwest Queensland Thunder five. Rabina 1, Logan Lightning 2, Western Pride 1. Very interesting set of results there. Adam Brisbane City had to leave it very late to continue their winning streak against Virginia. Logan continued their resurgence with their fully fit side and a very good performance away from home for Morton Bay. Yeah, uh, Virginia holding out Brisbane City for 70 minutes. Uh, uh, 74 minutes, in fact. 74 minutes, in fact, yeah. So they... um, Yes, that's the longest that Brisbane City have gone without a goal in a game, and then they put three in. So I, th- I think we know we know where that story is going. Um, but look, Logan Lightning, they're the ones I think they sit they sit in sixth at the moment. But uh, they, they are coming, they are coming, and uh, yeah, look, it's good to, good to see. Uh, it's going to be a fair race that Morton Bay and Western Pride because Western Pride aren't playing that badly either at the moment. So let's see. Um, who gets who gets relegated automatically, and who goes to the playoff in FQPL one? That's going to be a, a fairly interesting uh, race going going forward. It will be. It's very interesting to see if they can do that in the in the coming weeks. Because you're right, that race for second is going to be very very mm-hmm. tight at the moment. It is in the hands of the Thunder. We'll see if they can maintain it. The table is as follows in FQPL one women's Brisbane City thirteen wins out of thirteen. They are on thirty nine points ahead of. Southwest Queensland Thunder 26, Broadbeach 21, Virginia ran at the top four on 19. Then it's Rabina and Logan locked together on 18, Morton Bay on six, and Western Pride on five. The Golden Boot in the FQPL one women's will be absolutely no surprise to anyone. Adam Steph Latham is on 30 goals for the season. Abby Lloyd 15, Ashley Hummels 11. That's the top three. The burning question in terms of the Golden Boot is. Can Steph Latham run down Kelly Purifoy's 40 goals from last season? The way she's going, she's got a great chance of doing so. I was just um, just doing some maths in my head because I'm interested to see whether Brisbane City can break 100 goals for the season. They're 18 goals in eight games. You'd think they will get it. And I think of those, you can almost guarantee that – well, not, not guarantee, that's probably the right word, but you could almost um, say that Steph Latham will probably be involved in half those goals. So can she get to 40? Oh, look, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, but uh, look, I think it's been a phenomenal effort from from uh, her this season. I think um, she is the heart and soul of the team. And uh, yeah, look, I, I think uh, Kelly Pufferoy's record, which we thought you know might be unbreakable for a while, it may be gone within one season. Maybe it's a fantastic effort from Seth Latham leading the line for that Brisbane City side as they look to return to the NPL Women's Competition. You have to say it's a matter of if, not when. They do achieve that. I'll move on now to FQPL 2 in the women's competition. The results are as follows. Mount Gravatt 2, Gap 0, Northlakes 4, Caboolture 1, Annerley 1, Pine Hills 0, Grains Thistle 1, UQ 0, North Brisbane 2, Ipswich 1. The most interesting results there would be Northlakes beating Caboolture first over third. Maybe a bit of a blow for Caboolture if they were trying to push for a top two spot. And then Ipswich losing at home to North Brisbane. Yeah, no, I think um, that that result for North Brisbane, I think, may have uh, made things very, very difficult for Ipswich Knights to to win the Premiership from here. I, I thought maybe that if they stayed within uh, one uh, one win, 
that they could probably win it in the last game of the season at home at Eric Evans Oval, and that's when they, those two teams will meet. But, um, yeah, North Lakes, all of a sudden, their margin for error has increased, and I dare say that I I cannot see them at the moment um, giving giving up that, as in, considering that, Considering that uh, I think North Lake actually have strengthened since they met uh, Ipswich Knights uh, in in that game um, a number of weeks ago with uh, Kai Yamamuro from from ex Virginia and Mitchelton now joining that side and and I think yeah I think North Lakes um, they may have enough margin now with with that lot that that loss of Ipswich to North Brisbane who keeps their their finals hopes alive with that so uh, so that's. Let's not gloss over that, but uh, but yeah, look, that's an important result in the juncture of the season with uh, with six games to play. So there, are, that's you're right. So at the two third mark of the season, there are just six games to go in FQPL FQPL two's competition. The table is very very tight through the middle as we have a look at it now. North Lakes at top are on thirty three points. They have five points clear now of Ipswich Knights on twenty eight. Then it's Caboolture twenty two and Grains Thistle currently hold the fourth place spot on nineteen points. But there's a as a raft of teams chasing them down, Adam, North Brisbane, 19, Marikovat, 18, UQ, 15, Annalee, 13, all realistically you could say have a chance to push for a, for a top four position. And you've got the gap on two and Pine Hills on one. So if you take out the bottom two, the race between fourth and eighth is very, very tight. Yeah, I think and that's uh, even. I even think that even third place is still in play as well with Caboolture that. Uh, Considering that they will now have a, I think they they're on the road for I believe maybe five of the last six games because obviously they're they're um they're obviously uh, Morton Bay Centrals now is part of the uh, well it was actually the, the training base for uh, the Brazil national team. They don't have another home game for the rest of the season. Yeah, so yeah, okay, so so yeah, so I think six away games that may prove very very uh, interesting as well. So I'd even say third place is in play. Possibly, although they have been very, very good calls. We'll have to wait and see if they can manage. They're, they're a good team. I, I will say that Corey, Corey Robbins has got a very, very good team. But, um, but yeah, they're not, not surprised that result against North Lakes. North Lakes are, you know, they're, they're the standard bearer in that division. But um, but certainly uh, that, that race between third and eighth for those two final spots, uh, that's going to be one to watch. It will. And just quickly, provisional golden boot leaders in FQ Tillman's are as follows. Shani Wilton on 13. Tasha Ridley on 12, Zoe Smith on 9. That's the top three provisionally in FQPL to women's competition. Now, we'll wrap the show up, Adam, with our performer of the week. As usual, what do you got for us this week? Um, I'm going to go back to last night, and I'm going to say Georgia Gibson is my performer of the week. Um, coming off the bench, young player, uh, getting getting the equaliser to send that semi-final into extra, extra time. Look, at the end of the day, it was, it was a fortuitous bounce, but... You still got to put it away, and uh, yeah, she she nearly she uh, was able to take the game to extra time. Uh, so so yeah, she gets my performer of the week. For once, I won't argue with you. I'll agree with you on that. So George Gibson is our joint performer of the week this week. Now next week on the show, there is no MPL action in the men's games. We do a do a week off, so it's the Kappa Pro Series semi-finals as well as some MPL Women's League action. And so we're looking forward to a bit of a quicker show next week. Uh, I wouldn't promise that, but uh, yeah, you, you would think that it should be a quicker show, but uh, look, you never know what uh, we may yammer on about, obviously, uh, especially if, if uh, the activity in the transport window is as solid as it's been for the first four days of it, as it is by this time next week, uh, we might have plenty to say on uh, on to the activities as our teams seem to be uh, trading up their rosters uh, for the run home. We'll discuss all that on the show next week. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Thank you and good night. We're re- back to recap that transfer window that Adam mentioned, as well as the Cup games next week and the Women's, women's League action. We'll talk to you all then.